Good morning, Cornerstone Covenant Church. My name is Phil Nesta, and I am the Director of Latino Ministries for the Pacific Southwest Conference. I also co-pastor Stockton Covenant Church with my wife, Juana Nesta. And before we get started, we just want to send out our condolences to the Magana family. It's never easy to lose a loved one. Well, I am continuing a sermon series called Good Soil, and I want to read a scripture found in Joshua 1.8. Keep this book of the law always in your lips. Meditate in it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Well, some of you can relate to this experience, but those of us that came to faith as young people or adults were told to practice three things in order to mature in our Christian walk. Go to church, read your Bible, and pray. Let's have a little bit of fun with this. Uh, what was some, some things that you were told to do so you can mature in Christ? Uh, put those things in the comments section. Well, these are called spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines will not save you. Jesus did all the work for that. But they will, however, help you mature in Christ. Richard Foster puts it in this way in celebration of discipline. The disciplines allow us to place ourselves before God so that He can transform us. God has ordained the disciplines of spiritual life as means by which we place ourselves where He can bless us. Well, this sermon series is actually part of a five-part sermon series on spiritual disciplines where we compare uh, these disciplines to agricultural practices. <clears throat> We're using the metaphor of good soil in the parable of the sower, where Jesus is comparing the kingdom to a farmer who sow sows seed in different soil types. As he explains this parable, he describes the seed as God's word, or the message of the gospel. And the good soil is a tender heart that not only is willing to listen to the word of God, but understands it. It makes sense to them. Listen, church, God rejoices when he finds good soil where he can plant his seeds. As explained last week, God is still planting in our hearts his good word. Spiritual disciplines can help keep our hearts tender to receive what God is doing in our lives. Last week, Juana did an excellent job explaining some agricultural practices in order to cultivate a field or a garden. As we look at these practices, we can see some comparisons to the corresponding spiritual disciplines. She mentioned tilling, fertilizing, planting, watering, and weeding. So if we just uh, recap in some, some of the things that she mentioned, tilling, uh, can be compared to confession or repentance done at the beginning of our Christian walk and should be practiced daily as we recognize the many times we have missed the mark. Thanking God for His mercy, as 1 John says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive them. All our sins have been forgiven when we surrender our lives to God, but as we confess them daily, there is a liberating power that frees us afresh for the power of sin. It keeps our hearts tender for God. The fertilizing process is the process where we add nutrients to the soil to be able to feed the crops that are planted. 
Sometimes just sitting in the presence of God prepares us to, to what He is about to do in our lives. A spiritual discipline that can be compared to this is solitude and silence. As Moses uh, just sat in the presence of God, the Bible says that his face radiated with the glory of God. Planting is, is, is another process, uh, planting the seed for the harvest. A spiritual discipline that can be compared to this is, is planting God's word in our hearts. God's word can be planted in our hearts just by listening to the word of God, reading the word of God, listening to sermons, podcasts, and studying or even memorizing parts of scripture. The psalmist in 119 uh, verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Notice how the, the psalmist describes the word as, as hidden in his heart, almost like planted. A spiritual discipline, uh, again, that we'll be focusing in this sermon, in this sermon would be um, uh, memorizing and meditating on God's word. So let's continue. Watering. In agriculture, uh, watering, uh, as described last week, watering is life. Without, the, without water, there is no life. Plants siphon water, and with it, the micronutrients that are needed um, for the nourishment of the plant. So corresponding spiritual discipline can be um, meditating, contemplation. These spiritual practices feed our soul. The last one is weeding. And uh, some spiritual disciplines that we've compared weeding to is self-examination and again, confession. Just like the psalmist said in 139 verse 24, point out anything that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. These spiritual disciplines are grace-based and have been handed to us by previous believers. They place us on the path of the Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit so that he can continue to do the transforming work that he does. These spiritual disciplines can be practiced as rhythms of life as God continues to do his work in us. There will be times of tilling, fertilizing, planting, watering, and weeding. We're actually going to, going to focus on planting and watering specifically on uh, the spiritual disciplines of memorizing and meditating on God's word. So let's talk about memorization. Do you find it hard to memorize God's word? We don't memorize much of anything anymore. All these smart devices have spoiled us. We have smartphones and smart huff, uh, home hubs. They make our coffee at certain times of the day. They adjust the thermostat. They turn off and on lights. Uh, they water our plants. Not to mention our smartphones that are almost like personal secretaries. I know I'm dating myself, but do you, do you actually remember when we actually memorize important telephone numbers? Uh, like your spouse's phone number, your kid's phone number, or even uh, emergency numbers. Uh, what about popcorn uh, to get the correct time? I don't know about you, but I don't even know my daughter's phone numbers. Why? because it's saved in my smartphone. I'm wondering if, if we feel the same way about scripture. It's saved in my phone 
and actually have it in 21 different versions and in different languages. If I would, uh, if I uh, memorize it, I can, uh, why memorize it? When I can access, access it whenever and wherever. No, this message isn't designed to guilt trip us, but it is to remind us of the importance of memorizing scripture. Here are two benefits to memorizing scripture. First, so that we won't miss the mark. In Psalm 119, again, it says, I have hidden your word in your heart, in my heart, so that I may not sin against you. When Jesus was tempted by, uh, by Satan with counterfeit truth, he quoted the real truth, uh, scripture that, that he memorized. Now for Jews, it was customary to memorize portion of scriptures. And Jesus at the right time uh, recalled this scripture so that he can uh, um, uh, notice the counterfeit truth and stay on the path. Number two, because it is just useful. It's relevant and it's needed for a Christian walk. Um, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16 uh, that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for instruction, conviction, and correction. I've noticed that it, that it is easy to memorize things that are useful or important, such as operating Zoom, like we do now. We're almost experts in it or memorizing our social security or even important dates like our anniversary. Don't forget that one. Friends, we need the truth found in the Bible to continue this Christian walk, not the counterfeit truth. And memorizing scripture will help us with that. When we memorize scripture, God is planting his word in our hearts. So the, the second uh, spiritual discipline is meditating on God's word. Biblical meditation waters the seed that has been planted in our hearts. Biblical meditation is different from Eastern meditation. In biblical meditation, we do not empty ourselves, but stop and quiet ourselves to observe how God might be speaking to us through his word. Again, Richard Foster describes meditation as prayer is the interactive relationship we have with God, uh, with God about what we, and God are working on together. Christian meditation is the listening side of this interactive relationship. God speaks and teaches, we hear and obey. For Foster, Christian meditation was a strong emphasis on listening intently. Meditation is then the process of pondering, reflecting, contemplating, and repeating this over and over. Biblical meditation is pondering uh, the word of scripture with receptive hearts, trusting the Holy Spirit that he, will, that he will work in and through us through his word. In the Old Testament, one of the key trans, translate, uh, translated word for meditate is the Hebrew word hagah. It is used in Joshua 1.8 where God told Joshua to meditate on the law day and night. Harmon writes, the Hebrew word translated in this section implies something more than silent reflection. It means to whisper or murmur. A practice that we use to memorize scripture. So scripture in the Old Testament um, was read out loud. So God essentially is instructing Joshua to repeat the law day and night. 
Keep in mind, they didn't have Bibles like we did, so they relied on memorization. This wasn't only to memorize uh, scripture, but it was also to think about it. Imagine, all day and all night. God says that there was that uh, at the end of the, this passage that there's a blessing attached to that. So, how is meditation used throughout Scripture? In Psalm 119, it says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Precepts. My eyes stay open through the watches of night that I may meditate on your promises. I remember the day along in 143.5, I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. In Psalm 119, I have more insights than all my teachers for I meditate on your statutes. And other portions of scripture, it talks about meditating on deeds, the law of God, and his word. And, and finally, in uh, the New Testament, uh, Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Listen, friends, <clears throat> if daily reading is a regular nourishment of God's word and Bible study is meant to deepen our understanding of that nourishment, then Bible meditation is learning to savior every morsel of God's rich, vibrant, life-giving scripture. Think about the biblical meditation as enjoying your best piece of pie without thinking about the calories, sugars, or carbs. Sitting in a quiet place and looking at the pie, taking a bite and savoring every ingredient that went into baking that pie. Enjoying every, pie, enjoying every bite, taking your time as you eat it. How? What's our disposition? Biblical meditation calls for an attitude of receptivity towards God and His Word. We must approach our times of meditation with expectant faith, trusting that God will speak through sacred scripture to give us what we need. Jesus has promised that those who seek will find. And we can trust that God will reward those who seek him with a better understanding and his, and his will of his will and ways. While the scripture certainly guides us in reading and studying Bible, studying the Bible, meditation provides further opportunity for God to teach, correct, encourage, and guide us through scripture. So I'm gonna give a, uh, maybe a couple of examples of how we can do this. Um, there's uh, this practice that's called Lexio Divina, and it's, it, uh, it's the Latin word for uh, divine reading. And, uh, and basically what you do is um, you read through the scripture, just read it through, um, the second time you read it, you read it for understanding and uh, you start to notice some things that start to pop out of scripture and you focus on those, those key phrases or words that pop out. Then you pray about what God is, might want, be wanting you to know about the, those key phrases or key words. And then you pray to see if God would, would want you to uh, uh, give you some action steps for that. To make this a, a lot easier, um, I didn't develop this, I, I took this from somebody, and 
it's probably just kind of it, it's like a maybe like a journal where you can um, uh, divide a sheet of paper where you do your meditating here and uh, in this margin uh, you you write uh, all your to-do things and your action items and, and this is very helpful because as you encounter the process of meditating uh, of, on scripture you're going to be distracted and you're going to have uh, things coming to your mind like uh, you know I need to respond to that email or I need to do this and then your honey list pops up and your grocery list and so rather than then thinking about those things as you're dedicating this time to meditate on scripture you just park those things and put them on your to-do list and they're there so that you can come back to them and as you're meditating on the word of god in a particular verse you're at maybe you can ask yourself <clears throat> these questions what does this teach about god what does this teach about myself and how might I, how might this transform my life and or my thinking? And as you're meditating and praying, um, more than likely God will give you something, an action step, an action item, and then you write it down so you won't forget. So this is memorization and meditation, a spiritual discipline that uh, believers before our time practice. But overall, God is going to uh, instill in us uh, those moments of tilling, fertilizing, planting, watering, and weeding. And there's corresponding spiritual disciplines that we can use so that we can continue to grow in Christ. Thank you.